Hello and welcome to Alchemical Health with me, Jen Gash. And me, Stuart Jeffrey. And in this podcast, we'll be discussing how we can create well-being in a way that enhances the living world. And having a look at what might health and care look like in a regenerative and sustainable future. I'm going to have to practice that word, regenerative, Stuart. It's uh, not coming out easily. <laughs> Over it's the weeks. Fine. <laughs> Over the weeks, we'll be talking about all sorts of different things. And today, we thought we'd lay the menu out um, as such with um, a bit of a look at the next few weeks and the sort of topics we'll be covering. So, Stu, I think you've got something funny to tell me. It says here, we're going to have a funny factoid. Yeah. Yeah, I like factoids. I, I'm, you know, I remember listening to Steve Wright and um, uh, it was quite a, quite a fun thing. So I thought, let's have something regular um, each each week and um one of those regular things i think is is this idea of a factoid so anyway um i come up with a maths one because i know how much you love maths jen um you know we've lost like at least one of our two listeners just with the word of maths Stuart. Uh, you know that. yeah <laughs> i know but it's kind of uh, this, this concept that um you know i'm trying to marry maths with a bit something about people and um the one i came up with was jen did you know that 50 percent of the population have below average intelligence and did you also know that one in five are in the bottom 20 percent yeah that is maths isn't it i can't figure it out or is it a joke and i haven't got it yet it's a joke it is oh. true but it just sounds awful doesn't it i mean it, yeah, it, it does, and it's it lovely does. i think it's lovely because it's absolutely true because half of you know everyone the average point is roughly 50 percent, depending on which arithmetical you know if you use arithmetical mean median mode whatever um but it's roughly about half the population are always going to be below average um oh it, i'm starting to get it yeah, yeah yeah and if you're in the bottom 20 percent it's one in five um but it but it plays to um plays to the concept of of some of the messaging that you you read in headlines you know half of all people are below average yeah <laughs> they always will be and there's nothing <clears throat> nothing we can do about it thank, so, thank goodness they are because otherwise it wouldn't be 50 percent oh does that God. mean i'm starting to get it no oh. <laughs> so this um, actually is quite a good lead-in to actually something funny that i was going to say because this has already highlighted the fact that it, there's a potential that i can be a little bit daft not so sensible sometimes and um i've just it's been very cold here and i have recently lost um my studio space so i'm an artist as well as an occupational therapist and coach and i decided it'd be a good idea to turn my greenhouse into a bit of a studio for larger work now of course it has been down in the minus three four five and hadn't really occurred to me that that was one of the drawbacks of working in a in a greenhouse in the winter <laughs> in the in the freezing weather so pretty much i went out there the other day and we have uh lots of frozen pots of paint and <laughs> also i was looking at a painting thinking oh this is a nice effect it looks like dapples all over sort of greeny gray dapples and i realized the painting had gone moldy in the damp weather um wow. so i thought i'll just sort of warm up the greenhouse a bit i've got something called a kelly kettle which is a brilliant um like stove that makes just boils water and you can use tiny bits of twigs and leaves. So I thought that will warm the greenhouse up and I can make myself a cup of tea. This is such a great idea. And sort of 10 minutes later, the greenhouse is full of smoke and I didn't set anything on fire. But at this point I was thinking this really isn't working out very well. 
So over the no. coming weeks, I'm sure there will be quite a few instances where people go, "Yeah, that Jen, she's got a few, she's got a few cogs missing." Yeah, you might want to worry about carbon monoxide poisoning as well if you're going to have a a, a burning thing like that in an enclosed Indoors. space. <laughs> yeah, that was it. especially with terps around. You know that. That's, yeah. yeah, it's not. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I thought I'd start with the uh, with the maths factoid. And um, oh, the other the other part of it, of course, is, you know, oh. there are three types of people, don't you? Those no. those who can count and those who can't. Oh, gosh. I love I do that get joke. that. I do get I do. I do get that. Very good. OK. Right. That's the factoid it's, done. Stu, can I do the factoid next week? please? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. OK. <laughs> We're going to talk about these uh, these topics over the coming weeks. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, we kind of um, came up with with this idea of, of just going into a little bit more depth uh, on some of the core issues that are, are underpinning um, what we're doing. So I think we were going to kind of talk through uh, I know four or five um, areas um, just to just to give a sense for listeners of where we're coming from, some of the research out there, some of some of the thinking, some of the really weird stuff that we we, we read and uh, well and we, we really love Stuart. I mean we it's really stuff, love we really love it. Yeah. Yeah. Um so so the first sort of area I think is, is kind of um nature based stuff and we'll be picking this up loads more um next time um when we when we really get into it but um the, the nature based stuff I think is is an area that that I think we kind of want to have as a theme through here um mm. you know there, there was some um I think a headline in the paper recently um and a, 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 a research published in occupational and environmental medicine this year um which uh, the research told us what what most of us already know you know the fact that if you go to a park a garden or urban green spaces a few times a week it really does help um particularly mental health problems but also high blood pressure asthma um you know all of these things are reduced so you know there is really strong powerful academic evidence out mm, there that mm. being outside in nature and and I don't like the phrase being outside in nature because actually when we're inside talking through the internet on our Zoom calls, <laughs> we are still in nature because nature is everything. But but in terms of, you know, engaging with that green world out there, um, you know, there is a huge, huge benefit from doing so. Um, mm. There's there's even this concept of ecotherapy, which again um, is featuring um, next episode, um, a kind of umbrella term around gathering techniques um uh, than practices that you know help people heal i suppose um mm. and that might include um you know uh four-day fasting retreat in 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 dartmoor as i saw advertised the other day and i thought oh i could do that or um so there is no way on earth that you could fast for four days i've yeah, seen okay. you eat okay i i did manage four <laughs> hours once <laughs> Can I also at this point just like when tell people that when you were when you first went vegetarian, which was when you were about eighteen, something about like that. Yeah, I think. Yeah, and we went to the pub once, and you got a bit drunk, and you forgot you were vegetarian and had a hot dog. Yeah, I, <laughs> I just remember turning round and seeing you sort of with this sausage sort of vanishing into your mouth, and I just laughed my head off. 
You are a very good, well-behaved vegetarian now, though, aren't you? And That's probably the very days. last time I had meat, I guess. I think it probably was, yeah. Um, uh, apart from when I accidentally slipped some in by, <laughs> you know. Anyway, can I, can I tell you a bit of research that I found out? Go on, then. There's actual research. And when we say there's actual research, what I think we need to do is for people probably put some of these links somewhere in the podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, they'll be in the show. Um, links are in the show notes, folks. <laughs> they are. And, uh, getting your hands dirty in the garden has actually been shown. So this is, this is you know, getting your hands in the soil. And a specific soil bacteria actually triggers the release of serotonin in our brain. And that's the happy chemical. That's the sort of one that makes us feel good, or one of the ones that makes us feel good, serotonin. So there's actual, um, you know, a health benefit from getting your hands muddy. And I think that that's... Um, something that we really need to take on board and that will you know in terms of prescribing things for depression or anxiety it's not just about fiddling around with plants and doing some nice breathing there's actually a chemical reason why it will help i think i think yeah absolutely and 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 i think we we ought to have a a bit of a session on brain chemicals hadn't we because oh, serotonin bloody good um oxytocin, oxytocin. even yeah, better even better um dopamine uh, not so good. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what, what's the third one? I can't remember what the, th- the fourth one. Rather, <laughs> there's a fourth there one, isn't there? There is. I'm sure there is. And uh, it'll come. So you're going to show us up now if you're not careful. Yeah, yeah. But but you know those brain chemicals are really interesting, and the way they're triggered is is mm. is is fascinating. Mm. Um, and and how they well, obviously they make you feel different. Um, and uh, yeah, the the idea that that there is this kind of assumption now that we are as a uh, as a society sort of running on dopamine and and ignoring the oxytocin and the serotonin um you know the the the, the buzz you get when you go and buy something uh, mm. is is kind of bigger but more damaging than if you go and stick your hands in in, in a pile of dirt <laughs> And there we have it, folks. Resist the <laughs> urge to go. Yep. Resist <laughs> the urge to go to the mall and do shopping because you're boring and miserable. Just don't go. Just go stick, stick your, hands your hands in, some in mud. the soil, in the mud. <laughs> but that I does play to this concept of us distancing ourselves from that natural world outside, doesn't it? And oh, and that is, you know, fundamental to to almost all of our problems in society. Yep. Um, I, uh, I I spoke with a, a young journalist um, who's not my daughter um, <laughs> the other day, and um, you know he was asking about what what the problem of having raw sewage going into the river was, um, and and he said, well, uh, which businesses does it affect? And I said, well, I'm really not worried if it does or doesn't affect businesses in some respects. I'm more worried about the fish and the invertebrates and the fact that the 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 the, the river is a living system and and he kind of didn't get that um, mm-hmm. or not, not immediately. So you know there is something about this um, disconnection we've got that I think is 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 vital and and what nature based um, ecotherapy stuff is is trying to um, trying to um, uh, resolve in some respects. And you know, you know, talking of rivers, wild swimming. Um, mm-hmm. I've I just come away from a, uh, a council meeting talking about water quality, and um, you know, the thing that's going through my mind is there's no way I'm getting in my river. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely, and it's sad because in some ways, if you know, in a city like yours where the river is running through the centre, yes, but, well, all right, technically a town, but large uh, on 
urban yeah. i was gonna say yeah, urban innovation yeah we got one hundred twenty thousand here yeah i mean you you know if the river was clean and people were able to bathe that's a sort of a natural resource that could help the well-being of so many people you know and, and jen i don't know if you remember when when we were kids um yording up the stream from us um mm. we used to go swimming there yeah, the, we did. Yeah, in, in the river. Um, there, there's a uh, just behind the weir. Um, it was sandy. Yeah. The bottom. Uh, you know, we, we used to. Uh, it was only a couple of feet deep, but we, we spent mm. summers sort of swimming in in the in the river. I mean, it was fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I you know, there are lots of natural ways of getting, you know, acquiring, keeping, stimulating, well-being. And I mean, we'll we will cover wild swimming um, in a you know, at length in another episode mm. at least. Um, and other sort of cold water sort of stuff and look at some research. It's Oh, can we get become... Wim Hof on? <laughs> I'd love to get Wim Hof, yeah, absolutely. I, I think um, just talking about chemicals and stuff, The one of the things I'm really excited to talk about is happiness, laughter and positive psychology. So I was – it's been an interest of mine for a long time – uh, back in the year 2000, it was a major shift that took place in psychology. We had the positive psychology movement started to really blossom. Um, and it was that year that I went to, I was pregnant actually with um, my first, first daughter. And I went to a happiness, teaching happiness workshop. It was a week in Oxford with Robert Holden. And um, it was about teaching us all to run sessions, happiness sessions for people. And it was fabulous. I just had, I do remember doing my fair share of crying, but it was more like a cathartic crying. So it was interspersed with, you know, guffaws of laughter and tittering and then the occasional tear. Um, but that was about 2000. And, and at this time, you also had um, people like Chick Sentmihai. Now, I'm very proud to know how to say that. And I believe I've just said it correctly. So some people say, um, so and I'm sure if we put it in the notes, lots of people would know who I mean. So he was a, a he was a psychologist that essentially was interested in creativity earlier in his career, but also wrote a book called Flow as the years went on. So he explored this concept of flow, which would I will talk about probably a bit too much over the coming weeks. Um, so he was doing work around that time, and other positive psychology experts kind of came into being and Penn State University have you know done loads of research and you can go on their website and do lots of um, happiness-based assessments strength-based assessments value stuff and that's all kind of developed over the last few years but I just you know want to make a shout out for non-medicalized non um what's the word prescriptive sciencified stuff it's just actually the laughing that we do as a daily in our daily lives you know whether it's watching some funny stuff on tv laughing with our families laughing at the dog and i mean we're all there laughing at peculiar cats on our phones and things but all of those um little opportunities for laughing and happiness are really important saying that we also have all the laughter therapy the yoga laughter there's there's been a massive explosion of these types of therapy um and i think that positive psychology taught us that actually what we need to do is take a you know acknowledge the shitty stuff in life and acknowledge dark stuff but kind of move on and through into a more positive state and that you can treat difficult stuff 
In yeah, that, and I think that's in really interesting. You talk about the sort of the positive and negative side of stuff, and you know, I, I some I forget who it was, and it might have been you, but somebody said to me, you know, combining two elements is uh, of something is 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 your creativity bit, and you know, if you can combine the the light and the dark. Um, mm. and the positive and negatives you know you've got a you, you you produce something else and and comedy is is kind of very similar i think um mm. in mm. terms of that combining two things to make something funny <laughs> can be yeah um can be because you know you, you you make something up that's uh um got double meanings and so forth because it combines two people on tundra stuart you're always oh, been yeah. you've been, ever since you and i sort of became aware of each other as brother and sister you've been good at that have mm-hmm. I? Yeah. Okay. Sometimes. No. Yeah, well. <laughs> sometimes um, <laughs> I throw them in just to see whether you notice. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, but but you know that 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 kind of positive psychology bit and placed and and that combining of uh, of uh, of yeah dark and light um actually is is really alchemical. <laughs> you know. Yeah, absolutely. Which is what we're about. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it's really good, and I do remember seeing all the stuff um, about the time you're talking. You know about the positive impacts that belly laughs have. Oh, absolutely. You know how how good is that? And um, you know, you also I don't know whether you saw the film Patch Adams. Mm. Um, I around that 2000, I actually met Patch in London and spent the day with him. I know you're very jealous about that, but if anyone wants to see the work of Patch Adams as a film with the lovely Robin Williams, of course, who we all miss um, desperately. And Patch's life was uh, as a, as a doctor, but his method of treating people was through laughter. And he actually built a hospital um, in America, which is all run on those principles. I mean, they do have ordinary medicine as well, but, you know, you have clowns on the ward, you have laughter therapy, laughter yoga, all sorts of creative stuff. Um, yes, I must stop going on about patch because just just makes you jealous. But you're going to talk about sort of alchemical stuff and elements too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so so that idea of, you know, the, the balance of things, I think, um, uh, is, is really important. And I, and, and I think I want to try to bring into some of the work we're doing um, this idea of elements and balance and directions and um and it's a bit it's a little bit on uh, i suppose um sounds a bit woo woo it probably is you know if it walks like a duck and sounds like a duck who knows um but the the elements i'm referring to things like earth air fire and water and and how they're connected to directions and the directions being in pairs so you know east and west you've got um air and water um and up um, uh, north and south, you've got earth and and fire, um, and and they're balanced because they're directions, um, they're dimensions, and and so forth. And the the connection, you know, so the connection in 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 the north, it's cold, it's it, 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 it's winter, it's sort of earthy. Um, the, the the morning sun comes up in the east. Um, it's it, it, it's a time of lightness, and you've got air. Um, the sun sets in the west in the in the water, um, and they, these are kind of uh, some of these are various um, traditions based. Um, but there's there's kind of a bit of link with um, uh, well, there's a large link with Jungian psychology, for example, which I'll bring into it in a second. And then in the south, you've got the sun because the sun is is usually in the south, and therefore um, you've got fire. So you kind of got these four elements four connections but in terms of the how, what, what that has to do with health um so um 
if, if you think of the the four intelligences within Jungian psychology, um, uh, the the sort of somatic, the cognitive, um, intuitive, and emotional, they map quite nicely onto those four elements. Um, the emotional and the cognitive intelligence, the heart mind head mind bit, is mm. is air and water, and and having a balance between the two. You know, you don't want to be just in um, just in your head. You've mm. got to have it balanced by some some emotional thought and you don't want to be just emotion you've got to have some rational um cognitive bits as well mm-hmm. otherwise you become unbalanced um and the same goes between um the the intuitive the creative bit the fire bit and you know we are thinking really fire stuff that's that's the heart mm-hmm. of the al- alchemy isn't it um mm-hmm. but the fire bit the intuitive stuff does have to be rea- you know grounded in reality the physical the sense the the, the sensory um bit um, the somatic intelligence of uh, of real life. So we kind of got these two, I suppose, axes um, uh, of uh, of elements. And it also, if you think, uh, um, you know, some of the work of MBTI, for example, um, the Myers Briggs Type Index of um, Myers and Briggs. Um, you know, they had the same couple of pairs sitting in there. So they've got um, sensation and intuition as a pair, mm. and that's you know that's earth and fire. Um, and they have thinking and feeling that's cognitive and emotion air and mm. water so you know this this is a concept that 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 kind of appears particularly in jungian based concepts mm. um but but brought together they they you know it, the, the the key bit is recognizing that that all of these bits exist and it's you can't just sit in the middle and and have a full balance but actually there's a sort of dynamic balance dynamic between them all. yeah because um, i'm with my mbti i always thought yes i kind of get that that's one of me if that makes sense but yeah some days i can be more um yeah you know entp or whatever instead of entj you know i th- i just remember thinking that there's more um dy- dynamic stuff yeah but it is it, you know M- mbti is is a preference it's not mm. yeah yeah it, no. it's not hard and fast um yeah. so you know I, I and we i think we our preferences change as well because yeah. you know um and i think what i'm really looking forward to Stu, is is you showing me how that links to people's well-being because i can see how it links to nature stuff um and when you were talking i was thinking about sensory stuff and mindfulness because you know that's i think when people talk about mindfulness they kind of get a bit like that's not meditating and being quiet stuff but what they miss is the how you are the fundamental part of it is connecting to our senses to experience our world and to to take ourselves away from our cognitions and emotions to be incredibly present but I could you know it would be really I'm really excited to hear about how those elements and directions could be used used is the wrong word but how they can cause problems um i mean i can see things like too much watery stuff is too emotional that you know people get too upset or take stuff to heart so from a mental well-being point of view i can see that bit but i'm really excited as our discussions go on to see how that is yeah and i think yes it'd be really good to explore and you know it's not a, it's a framework for understanding yeah. ultimately yeah. isn't it um yeah. it, rather than a um a tool for specifically for living yeah, you know, you know yeah. some of us do like to continue to frame our actions and thoughts around it um, do they do they i don't yeah you never, you never met anyone like that not really i'm more of your sort of mix up a bit chaotic sit, no. sort of put stuff into the alchemical pot just give it a stir give it a bit of heat and see what comes out that's a bit 
that's more yeah. what I'm like, Excellent. which is the creative process, which leads me nicely. Absolutely. Good segue, of- Jed, good segue. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Stuart. So that, you've just ruined it because it was a lovely segue. Now you've announced it's a segue. Oh. It's not a segue. It wasn't. Oh, oh, you're going to talk about something else? Yeah, thank Oh, you. that's good. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a, um, I have a strong affinity and interest and love of um, art, creativity and the relationship to well-being. Now, this is a massive to- topic I and mean, it's not going to be something we're just going to go, oh, today we're going to talk about art and creativity in one, one podcast and that's it because it comes into so many aspects of well-being. And, you know, we've got things like exploring the links between creativity and mental well-being, literally in a very practical sense about using creativity to help heal and restore and rehabilitate. But the origins of things like art therapy fascinate me because um, I'm an occupational therapist and that originally art therapy was part of our profession. So when uh, occupational therapy was developed sort of around the turn of the last century and all the wars that were going on, uh, using art and creativity um, was part of what we would do. And then in the 1970s, art therapy was sort of taken out of OT and became its own thing. But as I've already mentioned, good old Chick sent me high and the concept of flow, that's one of the principles that, one of the principles that makes creative practice um healing and helpful but it's not the only thing and we might delve into the work of julia cameron and the artist way there's lots of psychodynamic stuff we can look at and we and of course jung had a bit of a thing for creativity and his cryptomagnesia which i think is the oh it's a bit of a complicated word i've probably got it wrong and anyone who's listening knows more about this than me is gonna go well she said that wrong but anyway it's kind of like jungian on won't we yeah, we will have to get a union on. But, you know, there's links, there were cross sort of cross links between a lot of these topics. Um, but you've also got things like the viewing of, of artwork and um, on a very practical level, paintings in hospitals, which is a, an organisation that's been going a long time. And um, when we opened the new hospital, when I worked in Devon, that was one of the first things I made sure happened was we had artwork and, and paintings in hospitals are... Um, art that's on loan so you can rotate them after a few years and it's an amazing organization but the fact that there's been quite a big movement to make sure that there's murals in hospitals and um, and most hospitals have some sort of arts based section now that's not about therapy but it's about art itself but it is about therapy I mean the, the, there was research yeah. when I was starting out as a nurse um, I used to be a nurse by the way, listeners, um, <laughs> uh, and uh, they the said, you know, patients by a window looking over a field or some trees yep. <laughs> recovered better than if they had no access to that. But it wasn't any different if there was a picture of yeah. old trees, something natural um, in the room. So, you know, it, uh, there is there, there is some good evidence there, I think. Oh, absolutely. And what <laughs> what I struggle with professionally is that, you know, occupational therapy has known this and been doing it for hundreds of years but we now and in some ways it's a great thing that it's happened we now have a burgeoning arts and healthcare um uh mechanism going on but also things like um social prescribing which is a a new term so you might have been to your gp you might in recent years and you might not have but there are social prescribing practitioners who will say, you know, it would be good if you could get to this thing, that thing, whether it's an art class, whether it's a yoga class or what have you. Um, and this acknowledgement that 
prescribing well-being goes beyond just getting the prescription and going home from your GP. So things have moved on so much. Um, yeah, the, the social I, prescribing stuff is 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 fantastic. And yeah, um, yeah. when I was a commissioner uh, in the NHS, it work, I, I used to work with the local health, uh, local um, local authority, and um, uh, and and uh, as well as the health services, and and we 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 it was about supporting people to 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 find um positive networks to um to be, to do creative stuff so there was a men in sheds group i seem to recall oh um, yeah we've got a men's shed group in thornbury yeah tremendous yeah. great I, I i love that idea <laughs> it is i i think that you know more of these things need to happen obviously but i was on a listening in on a round table event yesterday which was um arts in social care so to sort of um not just kind of for health but also you know the social care um things and and you know it's all moving around i think it's just that we we kind of have this stuff going on out there but it's bringing it down to happening more routinely and in more you know general areas that's true i'm just conscious that we've been talking for for a while and i was sort of looking at our list of things and i think we probably need to sort of chat for another five minutes or so and then do you want to talk about the this is a good segue do you want to talk about the next thing on our list Stuart? That's a bad segue. So, <laughs> so I, I don't think we need to worry too much about time as long as we, we, we're not going to go on for hours. Um, so, so I think the, the, the final sort of theme that we kind of wanted just to cover off a little bit today um, was bringing it back to earth, if you like. Um, and why this is important, I suppose, is, is what, what I'm thinking. Um, there's this phrase that's being banded around. So I... I uh, I, these days I do a bit of lecturing at a university and uh, my, my opening lecture is all about polycrisis. Um, you know, all of the stuff that's going on um, that's starting to crash around our ears and the need for coping um, mechanisms and um, ways of being that um, both help us get through those crises and, 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 and become more resilient, um, but also don't, exacerbate them and there's this great cartoon i will put put it in the show notes um by a, a guy called uh, Mackay um from a couple of years ago which shows this tidal wave of um covid landing on a on a uh, on a little town and the, somebody there's a voice bubble coming out of the town saying it's okay if we put our masks on it'll all be okay and then but behind that wave there's one called um recession and then behind mm. that one there's one called climate change and then behind that there's biodiversity and you mm. know you can go on and on geopolitics war whatever yeah, um, you know, th- yeah, there's yeah, all of these yeah. things sort yeah, of crashing yeah, down yeah, uh, yeah i'm really trying to cheer the yeah you really are cheering us yeah. all up but i know you are completely right and but my jokiness is just kind of like because often people don't know what to do with it and they're getting completely it, well, and that's the point they? isn't it that's the point you know we, we've kind of got to cope with all of this stuff we've lived way beyond our means um almost everything we do is unsustainable and it's mm. starting to crunch and therefore it's how do we um strengthen and preserve the things that we want to strengthen and preserve and and, and you know and and that's about community and 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 in individual resources so hence mm. you know the whole of this stuff is you know how do we create those those health bits that will help us through into the future mm, um, absolutely yeah so uh, a bit, bit depressing but but kind of hopefully underpinning some of certainly some of my rationale for wanting to do this yeah, kind of work no no absolutely and i think the thing is it's uh, i was writing something the other day and 
having a sort of that kind of at the back of your mind, knowing that's going on, but the, the key is to not focus on it. The key is to do something small and positive and um, something that doesn't take up resources, that adds rather than takes away, that produces rather than consumes. Is regenerative. Um, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. No, that's that's kind of where I think we need to need to do stuff and which is why i love the creativity and the art stuff because you know it it is both helpful as psychologically physically but if it's done in the right way it's also regenerative regenerative as well and i'm struggling to say that word we need to do some practice <laughs> on the generative or find a different word <laughs> or find a better word that's easier to say like good mm. so um uh, so where does that take us um it clearly um Clearly, we've got lots to discuss. Um, one of the, the the other thing I wanted to do in each episode is is so this is about alchemy, right? Um, uh, and and Jen, you mentioned the the cauldron. Well, uh, I quite like the idea of a forge. I'm, I'm going to a forge to to to, mm. to, to make a poker or something uh, in a couple of weeks' time, <laughs> which would be rather fun. Um, but but I, I like the idea of a forge being the creative fires. Um, and I thought maybe we could we could have an idea of um, to present or uh, um, a task to present for people to ponder or do or whatever um, between this episode and the next one. Ooh. <laughs> uh, we've got to have some music for this somewhere. I'll have to find some music. Thanks, Jen. That's brilliant music. I'll make sure we capture that. I thought maybe – and. Uh, you talked about soil right at the start, mm. and and I think the challenge to listeners is go and pick up some soil, get it, <laughs> get it into your fingers, stick your hands in the mud, and smell smell the 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 the, the, the humus and feel the temperature and just just understand it look at the creatures in it because there are creatures in it um well hopefully the creatures in it otherwise it's not very well um <laughs> but you know really really just sort of start ha, ha, once or twice maybe just stick your hands in the mud and 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 connect with that deep dark earth um mm, mm. just see how it makes you feel you know you might not feel anything this time you might not feel anything for a hundred times but that hundred first time you do it you'll think oh i like this it's made me happy yeah, that's lovely. I'm just um, thinking that we've got five soil samples in our kitchen at the moment because my <laughs> daughter's doing her geography um, exam, uh, project work rather, and we've she's got five soil samples that she's squidging and testing and mixing and rolling into balls. So she's well on with that, Stu. <laughs> what, what she probably wants to do is um, put them in the oven as well. Yeah, that's a story for another day, actually, okay. isn't it? <laughs> Maybe I'll tell that story when we talk about um, nature therapy on another day. But um, that's brilliant. It's a little bit of a, a creative fire for everyone to go away and think about getting your hands in the soil. But hopefully what we've done today is lay out some ideas about the sort of stuff we're going to be talking about moving forward. There is loads to talk about. And um, as you can probably tell, Stuart and I have no lack of words problem finding words and going on and on so <laughs> with that in mind i know we're gonna say goodbye and see you next time and hopefully you'll join us for our next excursion into the alchemical fires yeah thanks for listening everyone see you bye. next time bye <laughs> thank you for listening 
Show notes are on the website, and if you've enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe using your favourite podcast app. And if you want to get in touch, then please drop us an email at alchemicalhealth, all one word, at outlook.com. We'd love to hear from you.